What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals from around the world. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Great to have you with us today as we take a trip into Latin America, our first time ever we've interviewed a guest in Latin America. We are excited today to have with us Dimas Barrera, who is president of Cindio Bus in Brazil. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dimas. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for, for your time. It will, it's going to be a pleasure to talk about the service that we do over here. Wonderful. So, uh, and, and I also want to acknowledge Juan Garidi, who works with our company, who helped me set up this interview and the other ones. And thank you so much to him for helping us uh, kind of um, make our way into Latin America. And we hope to have many more guests uh, from Latin America on the show. So, Dimas, first off, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, where you're calling in from and about the area of Brazil, and then tell us about who you work with and, and tell us about your responsibilities there. Well, Paul, trying to make it uh, a little short uh, uh, to present, uh, the main work that I do is uh, I, I, I'm the president of a congregation of, of 17 companies that operate in Fortaleza. Nowadays, because of the, the pandemics, we kind of reduced a little bit over the last a year and a half. So, but we still, still we operate uh, around uh, uh, 1,850 1, buses in all the metropolitan region of Fortaleza. It's around, just, just uh, get, a, get an idea, around 10,000 round trips daily. And uh, about maybe 550,000 passengers daily now, because it's, uh, it was more than a million before the pandemics. So this is kind of the, the, the size of the operation here, what we do daily. And uh, we are facing a lot of challenges. The, the pandemics came and, uh, and kind of accelerated a lot of them, but we, we, we were already in a, a very accelerated pace of change before the pandemics came. So uh, I think we will have the time to talk about yes. this. Uh, so uh, tell me about where you're located uh, for people who are geographically challenged and maybe don't know about Brazil. Uh, tell us where Brazil as is in 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 um, Latin America, and then also where the city and the area you're at is in Brazil. Okay, we're in South America, and Fortaleza is a city that it's uh, we, we have around two two million and seven thousand seven hundred thousand people in the city. We're we're located at the northeast of Brazil, uh, very close to the to the equator. Oh, okay. The the equator line. And uh, so it's kind of very high, uh, very high north in, in Brazil and the northeast, a coast city. We have a beach and almost, uh, almost not almost, throughout the whole year, we have the same weather. Wow, because so, you're right on the equator. So uh, we're, we're, we're talking in the uh, middle part of June. So what's, what's the temperature like down there? Is it warm and sunny pretty much all the time now? All the time, and uh, I, I don't know in, in uh, Fahrenheit, but it's around 29, degree, 29 degrees. It's okay. nice and warm. Yeah, not, too, nice. not too hot, though. Never okay. too hot. Well, that's, that's great. And um, so it sounds like uh, you have a, an association of companies that provide transportation services 
not only in, in the city you're at, but in the region around it. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Uh, and the city is called Fortaleza? Fortaleza. Fortaleza, yep. yep. And so um, tell us about how that developed. Is that the way the transportation has always been? Uh, is, does the government subsidize the service? Kind of give us a lay of the land how that works. Well, we're in a in a, the middle of a process to change that, but uh, it kind of developed uh, by itself. We uh, started like in the, the early 2000s. Okay. Every company, they had their own lanes. It was kind of, the, the companies were isolated. We were only together for, for matters like negotiate with employees the, 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 the salary that we're going to pay and to negotiate with the city how much we were going to charge for the for the rides, for the trips, for the tickets. Right. And uh, we were kind of isolated. In 2007, we started a change, uh, and now we have one central of planning for the whole city, which decides uh, all the lanes that we're going to have, how many buses in each lane, the times, the time schedule, and also we control the operation using a lot of tech. Uh, we have all the buses uh, uh, for about 15 years. We have all the buses uh, uh, always located by GPS system. Okay. Have people in, in, in uh, at the streets and also people in the office. Uh, the people in the office are seeing what they can't see in the street. I, I think you can get that. They're, they're interacting and saying, hey, there's a problem with the line, with the lane there. The buses are being held somewhere because of the traffic accident or something. So right. here and always keep the highway the way it is planned. So if one bus for, for some reason get close to another one and uh, the, the header was expected like for 10 minutes uh, uh, between the buses, if they get together, what would make the, the headway 20 minutes for, for the one that misses two buses in a way in, in the same time. So we have to interfere and put 10 minutes back working. Also, we have an app, and that's something that's pretty amazing here in Fortaleza. Since 2000 and, and, uh, 2015, we have an app that you can touch every bus stop in the city. We have more than 4,000. And wow. you know the time of, of, the, of your bus in that bus stop. It's not a, it's not a schedule. It's actually real time. If something delays the bus, you're going to get to know with two minutes of uh, uh, accuracy the time your bus is going to be in the bus stop. That's great. Does the government um, subsidize you? Did they give you all money or do you make all your money off the fares? That's what we're negotiating right now. Uh, we we have been living only out of fares for, for too long, but that's to not work anymore. It's just not possible anymore because... Uh, uh, we have a lot of people that don't pay because of uh, social programs, but they don't pay and nobody else is pay for them. So the, the passenger that is his neighbor has to pay for his uh, uh, right. rent. So all that together starts to make the ticket too high. And uh, we have to start thinking about when you think about the city and you have to invite people to use the buses the collective transportation, uh, it, it's good for the city for in many ways. It's, it makes the city works flow better and uh, it helps to reduce accident costs with uh, health system, all of that. 
So you don't want the, the prices to get too, too expensive so people will abandon collective transportation and start using individual transportation. That impacts badly the city. So yes. we're negotiating to keep the price lower and start to have in public subsidy. Because of the pandemics, we just started to, to receive, for the first time, uh, uh, public help with our budget. That's good. Yeah, especially with ridership being down like that, having that extra subsidy helps. We're having the same thing we're seeing not only uh, in America, but around the world. The governments are getting a little bit more involved, especially the federal governments. Now, does the, does the national government of Brazil help or is this just the local governments you're working with? Not yet. We're negotiating that, too. We almost uh, had it for the first time last year. Uh, we, we approved with uh, the, the legislators four billion reals, which would be a little less than one billion dollars for the whole country. It's not very much money, but it was uh, very, uh, the symbology was. was yes. Uh, but because of uh, uh, budget restrictions, the, the government did not approve it at the last time. Okay. At the last minute, but we're still negotiating that. And we, we think uh, in this year, it's going to happen. Now, Brazil's a very big country. I know it's uh, it's one of the really, you know, what was considered an up and coming country, Brazil and India prior to COVID. Um, the, um, is this the way the whole country's transportation networks are formed? Is that private companies work together in groups of associations in various regions, or is it run differently in different places? Well, throughout the last 15 years, I, I'd say the big cities started to work like that. Okay. Uh, it's not possible anymore uh, for the, the, the city hall administration to have to deal with a lot of companies with different interests. So they have to have only one, one institution to deal with. And, and that's why we congregate them all. We plan better. We don't have ties because of some companies. Uh, so we can make a better service and, and cheaper, more efficient. Now, you all have a National Urban Transport Association that you're a counselor with. Tell us about that. Yes, uh, that's a reunion of, of uh, all the companies in Brazil. Not, not all the companies, but most of them are associated. Okay. Uh, that's uh, an institution that represents us to uh, unite us in strategy, in, in dialogue with authorities and, uh, and uh, with the press, and negotiate like the four, four billion reels that almost got through last year. It's it's that's all done by very good. And and what's your role with them? I'm a board member. We have uh, nowadays. I think we we have twelve board members. Okay. And I've been a board member since 2010. Gotcha. And, uh, and uh, we we kind of debate every every time what what's going to be our agenda and approve uh, and ways to 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 defend those those issues. Are you all affiliated with UITP? Yes. Yeah. The, the NTU is our national association, and it, it is associated with YTP, UYTP. That's good. Now, how about back in your city? Is it uh, in the public transportation sector? Is it just big buses, or do you have other types of transportation like BRT or smaller vans for people with disabilities, those kinds of things? Yes, that's a great question. Uh, we used to go from what we call the minibuses that, that has like uh, a minibus has around 22 or 23 uh, seats. Right. You can ride uh, standing. Uh, we go 
all the way from that to the, the articulated buses that runs in the BRTs. But now we, we just added, uh, so it, before keeping on the bus uh, for the first, uh, for the, for the, the, to begin to explain this. Uh, from the minibus to the articulated bus, we have buses. We have here six classes of buses. Okay. Okay. Uh, they, they keep get going a little, uh, getting bigger uh, in each class until they're articulated. But now we have also, uh, we have transportation, collective transportation on demand. We've just started that in December of 19, the, the 4th of December in 2019. So the pandemics kind of hit us when we were taking half. Uh, in March, we had the first lockdown here. So it really uh, got in our way, but still we, we keep the, the service. It's something that we're developing. We have only 18 buses uh, doing this service, but it's uh, something that we think uh, right now it is just in one part of the city, the middle part of the city, but uh, we think it's going to be all over the city and it's going to complement the the regular public transportation uh we, the next step we're going to take is to uh put on our mass um system i, I don't know if you if, how do you say that mass but it's, uh, mobility as a service yes that's right yes right mass and uh we're developing a, a platform uh, oh good yes and we are also looking at, at uh options that we are already on the market so we have choices to 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 to, to choose. One. We have a few few options. Yes, but it's our next step. And that we also here have a very good uh, um, harmony for for say with the bikes that have uh, shared bikes in the city. Yes, two systems of shared bikes. They're not ours. We do not operate them, but we have uh, harmony with them symphony with them uh, in planning. How is that? If you have the bus card, which uh, is something that we use in the integration in our system, you can also use the bikes. And we also have one system of bikes that is dedicated to the buses. Like you can go to a, a bus terminal, seven big bus terminals in Fortaleza, and uh, you can get out of the bus, get your bike for free, just because you used our card. Okay. With the bike to your home and only turn it uh, back in 12 hours. So you, you can have, you have the time to sleep, to spend the night and bring it back 12 hours later. So I can get uh, uh, in the terminal at night, go home, get to sleep and get back with the bike next morning. And in the weekends, you have from Friday to Monday to keep the bike uh, for you. So you can come back, put it back and integrate with the system. That's great. So you guys are really having a lot of high tech solutions. It sounds like, and um, you know, moving forward with the mobility as a service and connecting up with other with other modes of mobility. That's that's wonderful. You, you um, are you helping to kind of lead that effort to get the latest in high tech? Yes. Uh, what we think is, uh, first of all, changes and evolution and uh, technology. They're going to come. You can hold it. And when technology started to mess with everything, the first reaction, I think naturally, was to try to make the world go back as it was, because it, it worked easier. So, but we realized, we, 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 we learned it. And now we, we think, what I think especially, is that we have to be the leader of 
transportation in the city. Not because not thinking of, of us as entrepreneurs. It's because it's, we think that's what we think works for the city. The public transportation have to lead. Everything else, we have to be able to connect with all uh, kinds of transportation. We have to use technology to keep the passengers wanting to use our collective transportation. Uh, just so you know, we like for instance, you can buy credit to use in the buses here through an app. And because all the buses are online, when you get on the bus, the credit that you just bought, it's going to be there waiting for your card uh, in, in five minutes. And uh, also, we, we use technology. That's what we think. We think technology, we have to embrace technology and change. So yes. that's what we're trying to do. And ah, right now, I just remembered, right now, we're implementing in our, uh, we have computers in all the buses. Uh, we call it validator. Uh, I, I think you know the concept that yes. the go uh, uh, on board so you can you can validate your tickets. And we're just implementing NFC, which is near field uh, communication with the telephones, the smartphones, and QR codes. So if you don't have a card, but you go to an app and you buy the credit to use the system, you're going to be able to get there with your phone and pay for, for the, the, the ride. That's great. That's actually more advanced than some of I've seen here in America. That's really good. You, you're, you're really working on your improving your ITS infrastructure, it sounds like. Yes. Well, just so you know, we have 17 uh, bus garages okay. here in, in the city. All of them are prepared with uh, um, optic fiber. Optic fiber? Yes. But yeah, fiber optics, yeah. Yeah, fiber optics and uh, the the radios, so they can have to communicate with the buses through, throughout the night to put information in the buses and to get the information from the buses. And also, the buses are online. Yes, all pieces of, of information we send out throughout the day, and the big information we go we go in and out of the buses throughout the night. That's awesome, Demas. Now. Tell me about these 17 companies that are involved in your group. Are they the ones paying for all this infrastructure improvements? Do you all agree as an association that, hey, all 17 companies, you're going to upgrade and you're going to have to pay for these upgrades on your buses? Or how does that work? Yes, that's exactly what we do. We, we get together, uh, we debate every investments, and we decide it together. No company does, it, uh, uh, does something by themselves or different. Uh, we have only one system of, of controlling the, the, the tickets. We have only one system to track all the buses in the GPS system. We hired one big uh, uh, bank of data uh, in the cloud. So we all do we do all that in Cindyonibus. Wow, that's good. So you're um, you're getting the power of um, you know kind of shared. Uh, all that shared information, everybody kind of sharing and, and making decisions going forward. Do you like take a vote? And, and when there's a majority, you decide to go that way? Or like, how does it practically, how does it work? If, if one company says, no, we don't want to invest the extra money, but 16 others say yes, do they have to go along? Yes. Usually we, we kind of get to a consensus. Okay. Sometimes it happens. And uh, when somebody says, if some, if some company says, I'm not going together, Okay, so you're going to be out of the system. Okay. Yeah, so it just doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> that makes the sense. Decisions yeah. we have to make together. So you're the head of this whole group. How did you become head of this group? And uh, I became a director in 2000 and 
five, if I'm okay. right. And I started a revolution here. Uh, I'm uh, trying to say it, uh, not in a pedant. Being, uh, yeah, well, go ahead. We'll, but, we'll let you brag on yourself a little bit. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, that's not what I'm trying to say, but that's yeah. what, uh, what showed me to, to the, the colleagues. Okay. Because I wanted to have this central decisions and planning and operation control. And that was a, a paradigm here. People didn't want that. No, okay. You're going to mess with my company. I've always been that way. We always we always worked that way. And uh, I started to convince some colleagues to change the ways the way things worked. And uh, when I had like kind of majority, then I called everybody else and said, "Hey, uh, let's." That 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 process took like uh, maybe a year and a half. Okay. When we were close to the end. We already had majority. We could just go and do whatever we, we decided and leave behind the ones who did not come together. Yeah. Came and picked them up and, and brought them together. Me and one colleague, uh, also owner of a company, and one technician of, of the Cindy Onibus. The, the idea was the, from the three of us. And we got all the companies that said, hey, don't, don't be don't be behind. Don't be separated. Come with us. And then everybody came, and it That's worked well. And and that kind of put me in the position I am today. Now, do you have your own bus company? Are you one of the seventeen companies, or are you just helping them? I, yes, I am a shareholder in one of the seventeen companies. Okay, very good. And um, when it comes, this is a really interesting approach. I mean. Um, I'm head of a group called the North American Transit Alliance. I'm the executive director of it. And it's six of the big contractors uh, that are formed together, but they don't work that closely together. There's rules here in America that say we have to be very careful how we work. And we basically work in Washington, D.C. for laws that would help the whole industry, like you're doing through your other associations, probably more like the other national association. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I'm, but I'm interested in how all this works. And you all are like working on urban collective transportation. Tell us a little bit about that in the context of ESG and ODS and explain what that means. Good. Uh, that's a great topic that I like a lot because uh, when I represent Cindy Onibus, which is something that interests a lot to every, every authority, everybody in the city, what I usually say is, even if you're not a passenger, if you do not use public transportation, you're still our client because the city is our client. So that's a concept that I like to say that the city only works, especially here in Brazil, which where, where people uses a lot of mass transportation and public transportation, like right. around a third of the of the, the, the trips that goes goes around in the city every day, they happen in the public transportation. If those a third of the trips got out of public transportation and started using individual transportation, they would use 17 times more space. So it just collapsed the city. Yeah, no one could even move then. It'd be gridlock. Yes, that's what I usually say. The city is our client. And uh, when you think of the ODS, which are the 17 goals of the United Nations for sustainable development, and they have a lot of approaches. Uh, in, uh, they want to approach poverty. They want to approach air uh, pollution. All of them, when you think of public transportation, you can say that public transportation fits and helps in all the 17 goals. We help people in the, in the age of work uh, dying in, in, in public accidents. I'm sorry, in transit accidents. We help to reduce 
pollution a lot. We help uh, to the poor people in the city a way to move around because they cannot move through individual transportation. So all the all the, the goals that you see there, public transportation have an important role. And also in ESG, which is a, a whole new concept of administration of the companies, and uh, which I think are it's very important and it's a hot a hard trend right now because it says the companies have to be run in the concept of environment, uh, contemplating environment, uh, social, social and governance. Okay. So for a bus company that have a lot of employees that works with a lot of interests of the city, we, we, we cannot have conflicts of interest with the city. We have to be harmonic with the city development. So I think all those fits a lot and, uh, and uh, have to be part of the, the administration of bus companies. And uh, we can help developing all that in the cities and, and the society as a whole. That's wonderful. So you have some real higher social goals of showing how public transportation is going to help your economy and your country and your city as a whole. That it's a, it's a great vision for your transportation system because it's not just about transporting people from A to B. It's about the impact that public mobility and public transportation, mass transit, can have on a whole region. Yes, that's perfect. Uh, what I usually say is that public transportation, it's not a regular business. Uh, the car contractor is not the passengers. They are our clients, but the contractor is the, the city hall. Why? Because we are part of the infrastructure of the city. The bus is running good and uh, the system working well will make all the economics run well, everything works, the people can universally have guaranteed a way to get from A to B to meet their needs. So public transportation is much more than a business. It is a business that helps all other business. That's wonderful. What a great vision. I love it. So I can see why they picked you as the leader. That's a, that's a great vision to have a, a higher progressive vision that you're working toward. Hey, in our, in our remaining few moments, I, I'd like to our, our, um, our listeners to get to know you a little bit more, Demas. So tell us a little about yourself, uh, some of your hobbies, what you like to do, those kind of things. Well, Paul, um, I've been <laughs> of people transportation my whole life. I started working real early. Uh, uh, I was from 15 to 16 years old when I started working. And uh, everything started real soon for me. Uh, I run the first uh, bus company, which I was not owner. I was only employee, but I, I was invited to run it when I was 18 years old. Wow. started loving it. And uh, I got enrolled with everything that goes around uh, uh, this subject in, in the country and uh, especially here in, in my city. And uh, my, my hobbies... Uh, I always liked everything that uh, in electronics, uh, from video games to computing, and also I like motorbikes, which unfortunately got me into an accident uh, a few months ago. It, it was a very serious accident. I, I had a risk of of, uh, of dying, but uh, I, I got out of it uh, with health. So that's good. So you're you were like a you're a rally race biker, right? I mean, you're you're running riding these motorcycles in races, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. It's called the the 
I don't know how to say that word in English, but the the certains um, rally. They go okay. to uh, country sites, uh, uh, farms, and things like that. Oh, okay. Dirt roads and stuff like that. Yeah. And I had this accident, and I got in a. I fell from a from a bridge in a river. Oh man! Water for five minutes. So wow. it was worse the the fall or me uh, passing out inside the water for five minutes. But both of them kind of killed me for a few minutes, and uh, they came and reanimated me. Wow, that's something. Well, I that made it. Um, yes. Uh, I so that's a hobby of mine that's kind of frozen right now. <laughs> You're taking uh, a break. From that, huh? <laughs> yes, and uh, that's that's always been my main hobby. Yeah, uh, not only on rallies but also riding on the streets and everything. So I, I had to think about a new hobby for me. Yeah, understood. We, I, uh, yeah, we want we want to keep you safe and keep you uh, working in the transit industry too. Well, this has been wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up the interview about what you do or what the future holds? Oh, well, one thing that's really nice about this moment that we live is that we don't really know what the future holds. So that's what I'm embracing right now. I'm I'm kind of like every day trying to fall in love with evolution because. That's a way to keep me happy working because the evolution comes and changes it and messes it. So to be kind of trying to hold the past to work uh, in the future, it just didn't work. But that's the natural reaction. So I'm really looking right now for for evolution in the transport system. And I kind of uh, uh, I'm anxious to see what's going to come in the near future. Very good. Yeah, it's like Darwin said, right? You know, it's it's not the uh, strongest that survive. It's not the quickest that survive. It's those that adapt that survive. Yes. And that's what you're talking about, isn't it? Public transportation needs to take this existential moment in our history and adapt to the new realities. And it sounds like that's just what you're doing there in Fort Arizona. That's, that's a great affirmation. Uh, uh, the ones that adapt are the ones that are going to live and, and, and lead. And also there's, there's something, uh, another quote that I like is that if you think you can foresee the future, it's because you didn't get what's happening. <laughs> That's great. Together. Yep. Well, Demas Barrera, thank you so much for being our guest today and sharing with us how a public transportation in your part of Brazil and the whole country is zooming ahead with high technology, making sure that people are taking this moment in time uh, to uh, make improvements to the system and to have public transportation and mobility really be a benefit to everyone, even not just the riders, but the whole city. The way you put it was amazing. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you a lot. Thank you, Juan, uh, for indicating myself and Paul for inviting me. It was a pleasure and a privilege. Next week, Paul is talking with Andrew Bada of UITP. So look forward to some international perspectives on Transit Unplugged news and views. To stay up to date with all the new episodes, you can get updates via email or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at transitunplugged.com. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.